3: Ben McAdoo, and he's made some mistakes, there's no doubt about it, and I think the guy
1: is (laughs) is
3: not fit to be a head coach in the NFL. I really do believe that. But yesterday, he was getting killed over the Eli Manning decision, and I don't really think he was the one responsible for it, and I don't think it was that bad of a decision. Now, the headlines out there, to me, are so misleading and so deceiving. Giants bench Eli Manning for Geno Smith. That's not how this went down. How it went down was the Giants said, we're out of it. This season is a mess. We have to think about our future. The most important position in sports is the quarterback. We've got a guy in Davis Webb who we want to see play. We have another guy in Geno Smith that got a little bit of an opportunity with the Jets. We'll give him a game, have him play, see what we have with these guys heading into the draft, and we're still going to start Eli, but we're going to work those guys in in the second half, in the fourth quarter, have them on tape. Eli Manning said, to his credit, if you're going to do this, have him start the games. I think that it tarnishes my starting streak if I can't go in there and play and finish the game. So they came up with the fact that Geno Smith was going to start this week, and Davis Webb is going to work Him, They're going to work him in as the season goes on. It That turned into Eli Manning is benched for Geno Smith. No, he wasn't. A benching is when you decide that that starting quarterback is not as good as the guy that you're putting in. So you're taking that starting quarterback and putting him on the bench and starting Geno Smith because you think that he gives you a better chance to win. I don't believe that's what's going on here. And I also don't think that this was a head coach decision by himself or even a GM head coach joint decision because there is no way that you do this or come up with this plan with Eli Manning, who has started every game since 2004, who has two Super Bowl championships, without consulting with John Mara, who's got his hands in all the football stuff. And by the way, you want to talk about thinking ahead and being a year early as opposed to a year late on this stuff, what they did yesterday was right. They've got to fix this thing. And you can't fix this thing by respecting Eli Manning's streak. You can't do it you got to think about the future, I think they made the right call. Yesterday. What have
1: you done for me lately? There have been many head coaches that have won championships Were you talking collegiate or are you talking the pro game, and how long does that how long a leash does that allow you? It is what have you done for me lately? Fine, you helped bring a championship to our organization, but what has occurred? Here lately, and not much has occurred. Now, my only pushback to what you just outlined is this. Eli, if you went in there and you spoke to them and they wanted you to start because they're mindful of your streak and they want to be loyal to you and they want you to be part of this crucial decision that they're about to make and you sign off on them allowing Geno to start this ball game when they wanted you to start to keep the streak alive. And I understand you putting the team ahead of your own personal goals and individual uh, 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 rewards or, or streaks. Uh, why are you so emotional after the fact? Because you could have started that game to keep the streak going. But now all of a sudden, your are all emotional. As if you're acting as if they did bench you, as if they said, hey, uh, no matter what you think, what no matter what you say, we're going to start Geno Smith ahead of you. And, and that's it. But they gave you an opportunity to voice your con- concerns with this. And you said, OK, I don't want to. Worry about a streak. I'm all about the team. Let the guys start, and we'll go from there. And here's the other thing. I think the days are numbered for Eli Manning here. I think Eli Manning is going to be on the move. And, yeah, they need to find out what they have. I wouldn't start Geno Smith. I've seen him on tape. I was surprised that they even signed him in the offseason. I would start the guy you just drafted, uh, Davis Webb. You want to see what the future holds? Put him in there. Geno Smith is not going to be your future. Davis Webb. Possibly, We don't know yet. We have nothing on tape to prove that he can or cannot be. So I would start him over Geno Smith right now. And it's fine, if that's what you want to do, look down the road and see what you're working with prior to this next draft this spring, okay. But, you know, back to Eli Manning. Yes, I, I, it's emotional when you've been the start and you've brought so much to this organization. You've been a class act, and yet you act as if they came in and said, hey, we're sitting you.
3: Well, a couple of things. To address that, the emotion I understand because I think that he realized that this whole decision-making process that did include him is now the end of him as the Giants quarterback. Now, I think that the Giants went into this thinking that they could use the third and fourth quarter of the games that were coming up in this schedule to take a look at those guys still start Eli, and maybe even have Eli start the next season as the starting quarterback and say, all right, we have now a succession plan in place that we're comfortable with. But that backfired on him once Eli said to them, no, I don't want to do that plan. I'd rather not have this false streak going on. Start those guys. Now, once those two came together and talked this out, and this is what they decided – Eli Manning cannot come back next season now to be the starting quarterback. So that's why he was upset because I think that he just realized that he will never play a game for the New York Giants ever
1: again. Uh, Exactly, and I was going to say that. Furthermore, this is the writing on the wall. He is done here, and he now forces them to – or get off the pot. You got to make a decision whether you trade me to Denver Broncos who need a quarterback, and we've seen them go to a Super Bowl with a Manning previously, although it wasn't a Manning that was playing at a very high level at the time, uh, but we've seen that move. You got Tom Coughlin who was very uh, effusive in his praise, as you might imagine, for Eli Manning once the news broke that Eli would not be starting, so uh, you've got a quarterback situation down there in Jacksonville uh, where I don't believe Blake Bortles is going to be part of the future for that that franchise, so he's going to have numerous landing spots uh, to sift through, and those are two that are going to be front and center.
3: Yeah, and I think that both of them are are good spots for Eli Manning next season. As far as Geno Smith goes, yeah, I, I tend to agree that the guy stinks. All right, and I don't think that he's going to show up there and, and and be great in this game. And 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 he does have a shot though, if that that Oakland pass defense continues to be as bad <laughs> as it is, he may have a shot. But it's not like you've seen five, six years of Geno Smith. You basically saw one full year of him where he did throw for over 3,000 yards, had a completion percentage above 55%. And the next year he started 13 games, had a completion percentage of almost 60%, threw a lot of picks. It wasn't great. I understand. He wasn't even good, really. But I've also seen guys, and I'll give you an outlier example, I've seen guys like Case Keenum who didn't work out in certain places. The Vikings have him as a starting quarterback. I say there's no shot the season's over. He lays an egg at the 50-yard line against the Pittsburgh Steelers in his first start and now is playing like a Pro Bowl quarterback that they can't unseat because the guy is one of the best quarterbacks over the last five weeks in the NFL. Can't lose. So I I think that it's probably not going to work out that way. Like, but... You don't know unless you play the guy. True. So throw him out there for a game. If he sucks, then okay, Geno had his shot. Now we know he's not a part of the future. True. Now, Davis Webb, you're up. Let's see what you can do.
1: His sample size, Geno's sample size, was with another organization in a totally different system. Now he's in our system. Let's see what we're working with. There's a reason why we thought uh, he was a viable option when we were looking for backups to Eli Manning this past offseason. So let's thrust him into action and see what he's working with. And they're so no- me. But don't you ever put Geno Smith in the same conversation with Case Keenum. Not even close.
3: It was before Case Keenum started winning games. No, it wasn't. Never been close. Mm, I don't know, man. No. Coming out of college, Geno Smith was a way better t- highly touted prospect. Yeah, but they were wrong about that, weren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I...
1: I, I saw a lot
3: of Geno Smith because he played, you know. West Virginia, before, I saw a ton of him. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you see a ton of everybody. I don't it, I don't it, always it, see a ton it, of people. And I I, I mean, he was, he was really good. And I thought that he was going to translate to the NFL pretty well. And he didn't. He was awful. He was an idiot. He did dumb things. He didn't know what the time zone he was in and showed up late to meetings. Didn't, he got punched play, in the face by a teammate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was really bad. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. he's not in a different place now. Now the the odds of that are probably slim that he's going to come in and play well. Give him the
1: benefit of the doubt, as I just stated. He's in a different system now. He hasn't had a lot of run in Ben McAdoo's system. Let's see what he can do now that he's been handed the keys to this car.
3: Right, and and these things are rarely drama free when you're you're moving on from someone like Eli Manning. And and the problem was yesterday was, and, th- and this is one of those deals that everybody's going to say perception is reality, and I can't stand that stuff, but the perception was that Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning for mm-hmm. Geno Smith. And that's just so far from the truth of right. what well, went people, on here.
1: People want to come up with their own narrative to make themselves feel better or, or just to be a jackass and, and, and cause a, 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 an argument. And that's not what occurred here. You're right. But that's what happens whether we're talking sports or other things. And this is a
3: problem that stems from the incompetence of Ben McAdoo as the head coach of the New York Giants, especially this year. And, I mean, if this was a move that was made by Tom Coughlin, if he was still here, I could guarantee you that Tom Coughlin would have explained it a lot better. It would have gone over a lot better. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there was respect in that locker room from Tom Coughlin, the players to Tom Coughlin, is a big deal. And the fans respected Tom Coughlin too, but the fact that Ben McAdoo has been nothing but a bumbling fool this season really added to this whole deal. And you had former Giant players like Carl Banks, who we've had on this show as part of the Giants radio broadcast. You know, he was going crazy for this about this, and he was saying in his tweets that you know you had basically, I'm going to paraphrase, you had guys on the defense that quit. Eli never quit and you're blaming it on him no I mean sorry Carl you're a Super Bowl champion you're one of the best Giants defensive players ever had but you're wrong They're not blaming the season on Eli Manning. You're reading this wrong. But nobody has said that the reason why the Giants are in this situation is because of Eli Manning. What they're doing is saying, we can't have another horrible stretch in our franchise's history where for a decade we suck. We can't have that. So what we're going to do now is take this opportunity in this lost season to get our ducks in a row. And if that means putting this guy, uh, you know, on the bench for a half or whatever, and to see these other guys, that's what we're going to do. Well,
1: I-, I can understand where Carl Banks is coming from because he went through some of those seasons early on as a Giant, and he didn't think that you needed to make a wholesale change like that at the quarterback position. You need to fight through it, and-, and if Eli's not part of your future, just say he's not going to be part of our future here. We need to look towards the successor to Eli Manning, and maybe it's Geno, maybe it's Davis Webb. We don't know, but. I think he's looking at this from a loyalty standpoint. All that Eli's brought to this franchise, he and others, it collectively, and yet you go, you, you go to him and ask him to sit in the second half, and he's man enough to say, no, I'm not going to do that, and, and I don't care about a streak, but I'm not going to be treated like a, a third – they're third-tier quarterback, someone who hasn't helped bring a lot of success to your organization. So I, Carl is—he's is, is, looking at the loyalty play, and it works both ways. And he doesn't feel like Eli's getting his just due. So I understand where he's coming from. And you, you know, you, you got these guys on the roster. You see them all the time in practice, and and I know that that doesn't give you a, a realistic view of what they can do in a ball game. But it's still. I understand it not sitting well with Giants players, and I got a text last night, and, and it's not like this is really on my radar. You know, I'm not a Giants fan, but people were blowing me up because you, you, I'm in the media, and they know I'm doing a radio show. And former Giants players texting me, "It's not Eli's fault. It's the expletive coach's fault." Right. And I, like, I get it. But, but taking
3: a look at the other quarterbacks does not mean that they are blaming Eli for the two and nine season right now. That's not what it means. People jump to that conclusion. It's not smart. You got to be smarter than that. That's not what they're doing here. And also, I mean, if they had not, if Eli had agreed to the original plan and they're playing these games and they're down by 24 points in the fourth quarter and then in comes Davis Webb, you know, people probably don't even think about it. They go, all right, I like this. I like the way that they're going about this. They're taking a look at this kid to see if there's anything there. You know, but the way it went down was Eli said, No, I don't want it to go that way. So it's just, it's, and and that wasn't the Giants' decision. That was Eli's
1: decision. And then it's just amazing. I'm still amazed that here's a team with a ton of expectations coming into this season off the heels of being successful last year. yet yeah, they lost to the first round of the playoffs, but they got to the playoffs. They're the only team in the regular season to beat the Cowboys, who were just having a Cinderella season at that point. And, 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 and now they sit here mired in all this drama with the head coach, with players on the defensive side who have given up. I mean, it's just a mess over there. And now you throw Eli uh, to the Wolves uh, as well, as some w- would see it. It's just a huge mess. And I think Eli, if, if, if you were to inject him with some truth serum, would say, yeah, I want to be rid of this. I want to go elsewhere. I, I can't work in this about Even though he came back last year after a woeful 2015 season, and his numbers had a huge uptick. Yeah, and I would also
3: think about just if you're going to go this route and tear it down completely. I would also think about maybe seeing what you can get for Odell Beckham Jr. I would also do that.
1: They're not getting rid of. Odell I would. Beckham I would think Jr. about. I'm they not saying they not. would.
3: There's a difference of what I would do and what they no. are going to do. No way. I would. I would. T- I would float that out there. I would, without a doubt. You're going to rebuild this team. Uh, what's a high-profile drama queen wide receiver going to do for you in a rebuild? I'll tell you a hell of a lot more you're going to get out of some draft picks than that. So, I mean, Davis Webb trying to get the ball to a bitching Odell Beckham Jr. is on the sideline crying. <laughs> Good luck. No. You think that guy wants to go through a rebuild? Send him to one of the two LA teams. He could do head and shoulders commercials out there. Honestly, you don't need that. Now, they won't. You're right. They They're won't. not going to do it. They will not do that. But I'm saying if I'm, if I'm, I'm I got some foresight if I'm running that organization. I hear you. And I'm thinking about moving on from him as well. All right, coming up next, Andrew Bogish, who is so happy today. He is just bopping around the halls because his Fordham guy got got an SEC job. Joe Moorhead, who used to be the head coach at Fordham, then goes to Penn State to be the offensive coordinator, now the head football coach at Mississippi State. And it's like he got that job this morning, how happy he is walking around talking to everybody about it. So we'll get a happy Bogish in here. We'll get his update and then Christian Fourier right after that. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. So the latest sexual assault story that is out there in the workplace Uh, now involves former NBC News star Matt Lauer, who has been fired. Wow. They opened up the Today Show just a few minutes ago, and it was Hoda and Savannah Guthrie. Hoda Kotbi, or whatever her name is, and they said that he's done. And mm. it was a detailed accusation that happened on Monday.
0: Inappropriate sexual behavior in the, the term workplace. They used yeah, inappropriate
3: yes. sexual behavior in the workplace, and then all of a sudden, just like that, they mm. open up the show and he's gone. The latest one. Wow. I mean this this stuff is just coming fast. It's every day. Now this could be one of two things, and we don't know what the details are. But you, know, it could be. Something really, really horrible, or it, it could be well, something that, that they're because of the climate, they're like, We're not messing around well, at all.
1: Well, they're saying this is the first complaint about his behavior in over 20 years, but uh, they said there was reason to believe this may not have been an isolated, uh, isolated uh, incident. Wow.
3: Mm. Man, this is. Whew. I
1: don't know. Should we do like
3: who's next? Should we do like a uh, list? Who's next to, to get fired? Who's next to go down? Yeah. I wouldn't have had Lauer. Anybody had Lauer? I wouldn't have had Lauer.
0: Well, I had heard, like, Playboy Matt Lauer stories. Right. There were always rumors that there was intermingling at NBC. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, I mean, this is, you know,
3: mm-hmm. to get
0: fired mm-hmm. for something, that's a jump.
3: Yeah, fired from that job that he's done for so long, got paid so much money. $28 million a year. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I can't, like... I'm Just blown away. Totally blown away. Yeah. All right, Christian Fourier is gonna join us in a couple of minutes. That's Andrew nice Bogish. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Bogish is, is here and Andrew bogish is happy. You okay?
0: Um You happy? Well he's unless he was a Lauer fan. I, I don't mean
1: know. I mean But No, I uh,
0: I'm 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 good. Okay. G and I are having our first unofficial fight today. Really? Yeah, this is our Kiko Alonso, Joe Flacco. What happened? Moment. Oh, oh, please share this. I just don't. I don't agree completely with his uh, with the Eli Manning. thing. Oh, well, of course, because oh. you're in line with everybody else. With I don't very think that's true. Simplistic view of the
3: situation. You're mm. a Giants fan. And uh, I don't think it's simplistic. I at I all. I wouldn't expect you to, to, to have the critical thinking that. We I'm with are, you are I wouldn't have
1: benched him Unless you're done with him Unless just, his career's over with the Giants That's the only way you do it. You
3: went with the sheep You went with the herd <laughs> yeah, You went right with them didn't mm. call
1: you a simpleton didn't, didn't, didn't,
3: did, didn't look into it with a critical eye mm. And mm. Uh, you really mm. You know you can't
0: expect he looked at it much it more With the jaundice eye Yes You know what do your own update Give it right. here let me do it Jerry come in here and do it Oh. <laughs> sure, we have plenty of time for that. <laughs> plenty of
3: time. Come on. Yeah, I don't ever think that that sports fights are real fights. I
1: never think that. Like, well, the wait,
0: Alonzo one was real. No, it wasn't. You missed those next two days.
1: Yeah. Oh, stop. Yep. That was yeah, we ridiculous. needed some we needed some room away from each other. Uh, after, right. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> nothing to do with. Yeah. Because yeah, there were no bats present. And... Oh, there was. Yeah. Well, here's oh, the
0: thing. Was, you this you is, is what.
3: He, the, Quickly, because I know that we have. Because when any time that I do something like this, we have a guest coming. Kristen out and, can wait. Michael look up it's at the not clock. Up to anything? That's what he does. It's his move. We'll look up at the clock. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like somebody, the sports arguments then turn into real arguments. If you right. like somebody, then the sports arguments are just sports arguments. You can mm-hmm. get over it. There was a guy I worked with when I first got to Pittsburgh who I didn't like. We didn't like each other. So the sports arguments would turn into real arguments, Ooh. and then it'd spill off the air, and it would just get personal and disgusting, right? But with you guys, I have a sports argument, you drop it, we disagree, who cares? We yeah. still like each other,
0: yeah, right. So I'm not a
1: simpleton.
3: No, all that stuff. I was just trying to get you mad. No, I he's pretty good him. at We're, that too. I, yeah, no, yeah. I, no, I,
1: a, I re- He likes getting you upset, no, angry. I, listen,
3: I nobody's right or wrong
1: about. it. I respect, I'm your right. I respect <laughs> I you're right. I are You a lie. <laughs>
3: I do respect your opinion on it. I just I, I, just see it that way. I believe that's the way it went down. That's so, the way it went down. And it could be, listen, it could only be a week of Geno Smith. He's terrible, and they move on to Davis Webb, and that's fine. But Eli's you know. done with the Giants. Uh, Mikey is a Giants fan. How do you feel about this situation? Mikey B is, does, has passion nothing but the Nets. That's it. He doesn't care about it, the Giants. My initial reaction was probably the right idea, and then I got a little sappy about it because I love Eli. He, well, he loves
1: Eli. That's gonna happen. Mm, that's so malo. And Giants fans,
3: yeah. like I'm speaking from a non Giants perspective. Giants fans, of course, are gonna be more emotional about. It. I want to protect their
0: guy. I expect mm-hmm. that. You know. So, all right, Bog. Well, on the go. day that this happens to Spencer Dinwiddie, you're, you're not gonna have Mike to produce anything. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> sitting on the floor, right. rocking back and forth. <laughs> Who is The audience has no idea. Spencer Dinwiddie.
1: About. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's a Brooklyn net, almost mm. a New Jersey net. So much. Uh, oh, okay. Say, I'm gonna I'm stay on the internet and see who falls. Yeah, next, don't Google Spencer Dinwiddie. No, 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 no. It won't I'm just help you like
0: normal. Uh, so which the second news to anchor to fall. last college football playoff <laughs> rankings begin with Clemson, then Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. The SEC Tigers and the Badgers making their top four debuts. Alabama and Georgia on the outside looking in. All after the Tide and Miami lost last week. UCF remains the highest ranked Group of Five team. At number 14, scratch Mike Gundy off Tennessee's list. The OK State head coach reportedly met with Vols AD John Curry yesterday afternoon then tweeted last night, hook him, Uh, I mean, cowboy for life, so he'll stay in Stillwater. Mississippi State (laughs) reportedly choosing Penn State. You are Joe Moriad replaced Dan Mullen as head coach. And Herm Edwards will interview this week for the Arizona State job last coached in 2008 with the Chiefs. The last time he worked in college was 1989. Overshadowed by the Giants' Eli Manning decision is the Niners giving Jimmy Garoppolo the nod Sunday in Chicago. Part of the reason is C.J. Beathard's health after suffering a bruised knee and strained hip last weekend. And the two-game suspensions for Oakland receiver Michael Crabtree and Denver corner Aqib Tlaib Cut to one on appeal. One argument, two texts. LeBron tossed for the first time in his career last night by Kane Fitzgerald, but the Cavs still won 108.97 over the heat. That's nine straight wins for them now. LeBron had 21 and 12 boards before his third quarter exit. Kevin Love had 38 and nine rebounds. The Jazz dropped the Nuggets, 106.77. Milwaukee, a 112.87 win in Sacramento. And the Wizards got by the T-Wolves, 92-89 in Minnesota. College Hoops, number two, Kansas, hammering Toledo, 96-58. Number 21, Xavier, down number 16, Baylor, 76-63. First loss of the year for the Bears. And on ice, the Oilers and Coyotes went to overtime, and thank God they did.
2: And now we've got a breakaway. Nugent Hopkins to win it. Between circles, shoots, and scores! Ryan! Eugene Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers. Three, two, in overtime.
0: Jack Michaels on mm-hmm. Oilers Radio. I want what he's on. He's on life, Brian. He's on hockey. That's he's cool. on hockey. He's bro. on hockey. Okay. I'll take a shot of that.
3: All right, Bogish. We will uh, talk to you in a little bit. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Bogus <laughs> does get he he gets emotional over stuff. He does take oh, stuff personally sometimes on. that he doesn't need to. You know there is there is that he called that,
0: me a simpleton.
3: Yeah, man. I only that was I harsh. I, I don't no. I well, didn't say he's giving you some of your own medicine. I you I never like called that. him a simpleton. Well, I no. called Mike it. Right, no, no, no. no. I, I, I don't know if you. I said you said simpleton after the stuff I was seeing. I said more sheep. You were more uh, like a sheep. You, must you said simple-minded. Yeah, right. Well, right. You took the simple-minded route. No critical thinking. Right, yeah. A lamb. Right. Well, in yeah. this, in this particular, like a, like a, a veal is what's
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. In, in, the,
3: in the dark. Wow, <laughs> like a little soft view. You... <laughs> Which way is out? <laughs> uh, Brian will tell you in a month. All right. <laughs> joining us right now is Christian Fourier, CBS Sports Network college football analyst and also sports talk show host on WEEI in Boston. We love him on this show, Christian. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, uh,
2: and I love being on your show. It's just it wakes me up in the morning. It makes me want to be a better man. Oh, look
3: at that. <laughs> yeah, have you seen any better man stuff?
2: <laughs> I have. I've seen a little bit of it. And I am, I am extremely intrigued. How, uh, some of the questions on there, you know, some of the things I always wanted to know. I, I heard one question about Viagra. I never heard what Brian's answer was. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, was that a yes? It was a yes. Yeah,
3: he did use Viagra. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't really think anyone anyone who says they've never tried it is probably lying. Yeah, just
1: taking the prescription. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably you, they're definitely lying, and you know, uh, inquiring minds want to know. So I was like, well, let's see what this is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where if you take it, you're happy, and then you're like, all right, now what do I do with it? <laughs> I, oh, I knew what to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I ain't have any problems with that. And, and trust me, if it lasts longer than four hours. She better call the doctor, not me. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about these college football rankings. Did they come out as you thought they would, and uh, did they get it right? Man, I'll tell you what. I hate the committee. I hate them. (laughs) Uh, Why do you hate them?
2: You know, I just – I just – I don't – here's what it is, Brian. Like, I just don't trust the process. I feel like we're all being shammed. I feel like it's just one big – money grab and it's all about ratings and mm-hmm. and you, know, you just have these all these people just deciding all these teams' futures when it's really pretty freaking simple, right? So if you just take the I'm all about conference champions, right? If you win your conference, you continue to play. Done and done. I don't care who it is. So and I think eventually they'll get to that with a couple add ons, right? So the way it is right now, Clemson wins the A C C they, they go in. If they lose, Miami would go in. Auburn uh, wins the SEC against Georgia. They go in. If they lose, well, you know, vice versa. Same with Oklahoma. Um, same with TCU. Sorry, TCU, you're ranked a little low, but if you beat Oklahoma, you'll get a little bit of extra a little something in your, in your stocking. Same with Wisconsin and Ohio State. And then you have a couple like, uh, you know, like you have the Alabamas of the world, the Penn States of the world, um, and that's just the way I think you should do it. Every morning I wake up, you know, Wednesday morning, I look at the rankings. I'm like, how are they manipulating these things now? Are, are they forecasting? Are they setting up certain teams and raking them higher? Cause they know those teams are going to play on Saturday and they want to help out their, you know, their, their, uh, their program partners, their ESPNs of the world. I don't know. It's just, I just feel like I'm being taken to the cleaners every time I see it. So did I,
1: did I hear you correctly that you are like me and you value conference championships?
2: I, I want, they, if, if, why, why have them? Yeah. Why are we playing them? Right. If they're not going to mean anything, they don't mean <laughs> it. Why do I want to play another game as a coach if I know that even if I win, it doesn't. so okay, great, So I win a conference championship, that's it? So a team that doesn't even win their conference gets in over me, it, it just? It just to me, it makes absolutely no
3: sense. None. It's just tough, though, because all conferences aren't created equal and there's no real way of determining who is better than somebody else. So that's what you're going to get. And I think that the best way to determine what we're going to see is using the template that the committee gave us last year, which to me means that if Auburn ends up winning – and then you have Clemson or Miami; they're going to be in. Oklahoma ends up winning. You'll have that. And then if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, you're going to have Alabama. And if Wisconsin wins, you're going to end up having Wisconsin because they're going to value that one loss Alabama, especially if Auburn goes and wins that conference championship. That's what basically what they did last year, and I think they'll do it again. Yeah,
2: it's not their job to play God. And like I hear the whole the conference <laughs> thing every now and then. Like the ACC is up right now. You got two. Badass teams. The Pac 12, Stanford looks like they're playing really pretty pretty good football. Oklahoma looks great. So the conference debate, whether, oh, how do you know which conferences are better? If you want to talk about the Mac, you want to talk about the American, all right, we'll have a discussion. Like, you look at the field and you can tell that, you know, the teams in the Pac 12 physically have bigger and faster players. Now, there can always be a Boise State, there can always be a UCF. And you, you make something where you allow that team to get in. So there can be a Cinderella story. But if you win your conference, if you go undefeated, you should automatically punch your ticket to play in the big dance. Now, I do understand that there's uh, there's different uh, scenarios where teams that don't win their conference for one reason or another you know, are going to have their feelings hurt. Well, I'm sorry. You don't always get what you want, Alabama. You don't always get what you want, SEC or ACC. Like, things, oh, Ohio State, I'm sorry. Like, that's life. Get used to it. Play better. Don't lose. And What do you want us to do? Give you, every, give you everything you ask for for Christmas? I feel like I'm dealing with my kids sometimes. Sometimes the answer is no.
1: <laughs> You're so mean, Paul. Uh, listen, speaking of undefeated, UCF sitting there in the AAC, and they're going to have a rematch with Memphis. We actually have seven rematches, I believe, between uh, in these conference championship games. Uh, UCF, what do you think they should rank? The committee has them right there at 14. I think they should be a little bit higher.
2: Yeah, I do. I feel like, I, feel like, I mean, I know there's a disrespect that goes for UCF, and I totally get it. Like if, if like, if Stanford play UCF or Washington or, any, or Southern Cal, any of the teams in front of them, do I think UCF would have a chance? Sure. One-time one, one game, uh, you know, that type of deal, bowl games type of position, sure. But I do think going undefeated is extremely difficult. The ability to keep your team focused week in and week out not allowing them to settle, not allowing them to just take a break, even when they know they're better than a team. Like, I think there's value there. Uh, Like, Stanford didn't do it. Stanford went down to San Diego State and lost to San Diego State. Now, they're a better team, but I still feel like there's value there. So, yes, like, if you have two losses, I really feel like an undefeated team in a respectable conference that you can tell has some good teams and good coaching and some good players yeah, they should. They should get the advantage. They've earned it, and that's why the committee kind of drives me crazy. It's like you should reward them for going through the entire season without losing.
3: Geo and Jones, a Christian Fourier, across the country on CBS Sports Radio. He with CBS Sports Network as a college football analyst and WEEI in Boston. Uh, the debate about going to the eight teams always comes up this time of year. I kind of like the fact, though, that we're splitting hairs with the elite of the elite. Now, I wouldn't be that upset if it ended up going to eight teams because I really do think you'd have a great playoff at that point and, and teams that were on the outside looking in now have a chance to win a championship. It wouldn't be that much of a, a disappointment to me, but it, it would make it easier to determine the teams, and I'm not sure if I want that because this is a heck of a lot of fun trying to decide <laughs> – who is the best of the best when it's only four? What do you think? Well, is, is, is the NFL playoffs fun? Is that fun? Um, like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes when you have those wild card games that are just brutal when you got a 7-9 and nine team that's playing a division winner at 9-7 and seven because of the parity. But, yeah, when you get to divisional weekend and championship weekend, of course it is, yeah.
2: I just, you know what, I, I think eventually it's going to get If it was me, I would start all over again. I would, I would scrape the entire process I would, I would allow everyone, I would hit with, with all my TV partners. I would realign correctly. I would set up, set it up the way where you can get a, a a true champion at the end based on conference play with a couple like extra, uh, extra teams at the end. Um, and that's what I would do because I, like when this all started, there was all this realignment with the Big East and Big 12 and the Big 8 and turn to the Big 12 and all these teams kind of splintered out of fear and it really kind of screwed up the whole geographical makeup of college football, in my opinion. So I would realign everybody. I would realign the divisions. I would have my, still have my, my Power 5 schools, and then I would have my Cooper 5 schools. And I would set it up where it's, it's obvious how you can get in, uh, what you need to do. If you stub your toe because all these teams stub their toes, if you do, is there a way for you to get back in? I would, I would just start all over again. I, you know, and but I, I like I, I hear you with the debate, but as a former athlete and a football player in college, like I kind of want to know what I have to do to get to that level. Like, what do I have to do? In my day, it was if you go undefeated, you pretty much got a good shot at being in the national championship game, just if you were undefeated. You know, it, it, you know, I mean, but now it just seems a little convoluted and a little confusing to me. And I just want a a clearer picture.
1: Speaking of convoluted and despicable, what did you make of what transpired with Tennessee over the weekend?
2: Man, I don't know. I don't know if you have enough time for me to get into this, Brian. (laughs) I I, I hate – you're doing this on purpose. I get it. (laughs) I hate the pitchfork and torch mob mentality. Like, I hate it. I hate Twitter vigilantes. I hate, uh, you know, the basement troll that just realizes that there's something trending and jumps on board without having any knowledge of it whatsoever. So I was doing the Patriots uh, post game show over the weekend, and somebody, Mike Reese, asked uh, Bill Belichick, say, hey, what do you think about Greg Shiano, um getting the job at, uh, at Tennessee? Well, he went on with this long tirade about a, what a great person he is, um, you know, great coaching. Everything about it, how he turned around Rutgers, but players that come out of Rutgers. Bill Belichick has at one point had like six guys from from Rutgers, what of, of that? Greg Schiano had coached. Well, fast forward to Monday, uh, he's asked the question again in lieu of what had just happened with John Curry firing him, or actually not hiring him, and he went into a, whole, a longer tirade about his character, about this, about about everything. I just. I mean, you can say what you want if you're nervous about his, his, his past at Penn State. There's, there's a debate there about what he knew, what he didn't know. But I don't like the fact that just because the Tennessee fans feel like they didn't like him, they acted like a petulant child, mm-hmm. had a tantrum on the floor, and forced the issue. Like, I'm all about fans having a voice, but now when it comes to deciding who I hire if I'm an athletic director as coach. That's my short version of it. But it just kind of made me sick.
3: You brought up the Patriots. You do some work for them, as you mentioned, on the postgame show. Are the Steelers good enough to finally beat the Patriots in the playoffs this year, or will it be the same old story if they meet?
2: i, I tell you what, it's funny because uh, all we talk about is, okay, the AFC East is pretty weak. We're not worried about Buffalo or any of these other teams. It's, it's for Steelers. And when I watch their team go offensively, they have a lot of firepower. But they struggle against, you know, Indian, uh, Indianapolis. They barely won the other night against Green Bay. Um, but they always seem to kind of turn it around and fix it. Like, when, it's, when they need those plays, they get them. And I think there's value there. Some people say, oh, well, that's a detriment. I say, no, that's an asset. They know how to turn, flip that switch and, and get it into fifth gear and turn it around. But ultimately, if, like, I just don't feel they would be able to stop Brady. Like, I know their defense is better. The big question was, it would be, if it comes into a scoring uh, contest, then can the Patriots stop the Steelers? I think that's where it comes down to. And they have the secondary to do it. They have the secondary to slow down Brian, Antonio Brown. And every time they play Antonio Brown, he'll have nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. But it doesn't really it doesn't matter. He has a great game, but nobody else does anything. Mm-hmm. Like Le'Veon Bell doesn't do anything. They stop him. Uh, all the other receivers are tight in. They don't do anything, but they'll allow Antonio Brown to get his touches. They just make sure it's not for like big impact plays, right? He'll get these big catches, but it won't, it won't mean anything. So I ultimately, I think they'll end up beating them, but that, that is the one team that everybody here in New
1: England is worried about.
3: Christian we appreciate the time as always you're really in the family now as we are all intercom which is a cool thing so yeah. uh so well so welcome and I'm sure we'll talk so to you guess, soon I gotta
2: wait uh, so I guess the band is breaking up right so I'll never talk to you guys again right so I guess I, I gotta say goodbye to
3: both of you guys um probably unless Mike has plans to have you on again do you have plans to have him on again Mike what do you think? I don't know. Who, who's Mike? The producer. <laughs> uh, nice to meet you. Uh, yeah,
1: uh,
3: sure. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> well, uh, say your goodbyes oh now, boys. and uh, maybe talk we'll talk you to later. you later. All right. Thanks, though. Christian
1: Forey, <laughs> CBS <laughs> Sports
3: Network. How about that? He knew about Gio and Jones breaking up. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Let me. We can count from now till the end of the show. Who doesn't? All right, we're coming right back. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter, at Gio and Jones.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
3: Pete Bellotti, our board operator in there, is like the story breaker. You know, he's Mm. got the TVs next to him. Mm Mm-hmm. So, while we're doing the show, obviously we're focused on what's going on. He doesn't have to do as much during the segments as we do so sometimes I was eye on the breaking news eye on the Twitter he'll be there, and he's just he's given me some of the biggest stories of the past year in the segment in my ear, he gave me the lower one. he feels like he's like uh Woodward and Bernstein in there. He feels pretty good about it. I think I have a calling yeah he's <laughs> You're really good at reading television graphics.
0: Hey, someone needs to do it.
3: (laughs) But, yeah, the the latest thing, and I'm not laughing at the allegations. Right. I mean, I'm just stunned at Matt Lauer. You had Mm. Charlie Rose. Yeah. Who was, they kept showing the picture of him at his Bellport house, which is where I live, and I've seen him on multiple occasions, at restaurants, at the bank, and walking around the town. So, and they were going to do was a news crew in the town interviewing people, and the people they were picking. One guy they picked, <laughs> I know, really, who's like really out there. What he said? I can't even. I don't know. I just saw. That, <laughs> I just saw that he was being interviewed. I can't even imagine what he said. Um, but it's just funny when you actually know the people on the street that are getting right. interviewed. Um, but oh, but yeah, so there was, there was that one, and there was a lot of those. And now you have this lower one. I mean, am I a bad person for wanting
1: to know what he did? Like, no, because I was sitting here mulling to myself, know what the hell he did. Well, we we know it was inappropriate or right. would be gone. But uh, what? Like,
3: I wish I could be the person that didn't need to have
1: the details. Yeah. Like, I Usually, wish... I don't need to have them. Like, I, 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 I don't. Know? I don't want them. But uh, this one is so shocking. Yeah. That got to know right I just feel like I need to what
3: was it that took because if you talk about popular TV personality yeah I mean arguably I mean he's in the, He's right up there in the top three mm-hmm. currently yeah. there's no doubt about it the reach that he has the today show how they've been number one for a long time and if they get beat out by Good Morning America there's still no one more recognizable on either one of those two shows than Matt Lauer right. has been yep I and mean, I remember him, I don't know if these guys do, I remember him when he was doing local news in New York before he got that job. Yeah, with Sue Simmons. Yeah, a long, long
1: time ago. With Sue Simmons.
3: Yeah, Sue Simmons, who was great. I don't know if you knew Sue Simmons. I did not. She was awesome. Yeah, they got rid of her too quick. I blame, That bothered me when they got rid of Sue Simmons too quick there on NBC, WNBC in New York. But yeah, so I, 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 I need to know. And I feel kind of guilty that I need to know, but I need to know what happened here. 'Cause this is this is a shocker. And that's salary. Oh. Twenty eight mil. Uh, I mean, the only people that are making more than him are in the NBA. Yeah.
1: True. Think baseball. <laughs> he has yeah, there's a couple a couple in baseball
3: yeah. too. There's probably more in the NBA, but it's close. Wow. Anyway. So <laughs> we will back to sports. Yeah. <laughs> Move on from that. <laughs> Swiftly. <laughs> talk about that suspension that was reduced yeah from Talib Crabtree should have been reduced to zero games but that's nah. okay and another starting quarterback in the NFL will get a first look at in a new uniform Geo and Jones CBS Sports Radio